Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Australia's first ever online workplace mental health induction. You can learn more about a custom induction for your business by visiting www.mentallywellworkplaces.com.au. Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. I'm your host for today, Tina Winchester, and we're joined again by our good friend Ken Loftus from the Sunlight Centre. Ken is the founder and clinical director of the Sunlight Centre with over 20 years experience in the therapeutic space and the Sunlight Centre provides crisis counselling to youth and adults in distress and Ken's recorded a podcast with us before and he was the first person I thought about when looking at at recording this episode which is going to focus on COVID-19 and psychological responses so we're delighted to welcome Ken back to the podcast. Thank you Tina, delighted to be back, thanks for asking me. It's a pleasure. So, Ken, first of all, how are the Sunlight Centre doing um, with the adapting to, to remote kind of services? Yeah, you know what? Um, we're okay. We had to shift from face-to-face to online. Uh, video counselling, email support, uh, phone call support. And, you know, the word you're using there is adapt. And that's what uh, humans have been doing for a very, very long time. Um, I've heard for many years from clients that some people don't like change. And I said, well, it's kind of like not liking that water is wet. It is anyway. Uh, Change will happen anyway. Um, And if we don't like something that's going to happen anyway, we might not have a good day. So it's good to accept that adaptation. Um, And, you know, it's something I said to one of the politicians I was chatting to, someone I was chatting to was, um, you know, Sunlight Centre is also a place that will put up their hand and say, what can we do? Changes are going to be made? Yes. Uh, Government is going to make very, very, very difficult decisions to help the greater cause. How can we work with that? You know, so that's what we're doing. Uh, I've been doing some free uh, healthy mind workshops through our multimedia, through our social media, uh, through Instagram Live and Facebook Live. Just been a couple of one-hour sessions of just talking and getting input and, you know, so um, doing what we can. Yeah, that's excellent. Have you noticed an, an increase in the use of, uh, of your services? Uh, yeah. Um, this We're kind of being faced with two, I'm going to use the words traumatic event at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, psychologically, our brains are shifting into a form, a mode of alertness, you know, so we, which is connected to our fight and flight. So, the same way if I cross the road and I hear car beep to my right, I jump. You know, that's an automatic response. I need that automatic response to happen. It floods my system with adrenaline to make my muscles work. Uh, my automatic sympathetic system kicks in first, and I want it to. Because if I had to consciously think of moving out of the way, I might get hit. So I need my automatic responses to work. Now, that car beeping is on a massive bigger scale with COVID-19. I have been informed by media, government, friends, family, that something out there is dangerous. So it's like I'm on a, I've slipped into a higher form of alert now. There's two waves though. And not, well, we, we, talk about, we might talk about the word waves as well, but it's, hard, it's not just the medical and health that is worrying me. It can be the financial too. So we're getting people who are... Um, having more or new suicidal thoughts because their concerns are with either a financial issue uh, due to, you know, the possible, the issues are happening uh, financially in, in, in the world and Australia and the health issues too. So they could be bombarded with both or one or the other. So would it be fair to say, Ken, that really there's nobody that's going to be unaffected by what's going on around us? Correct. Yeah. So because worldwide and Australia wide, we are all, we will all be affected. My biggest advice going is to make sure to raise our self-awareness on how, on how we're dealing with it. That's so yeah, yeah. hundred uh, percent. Um, one of the little diagrams I did for, um, another little clip I did was we have a baseline 
for our emotional responses to an event. So I'm baking because I seem to be baking a little bit more now at home. I don't know. I made some really nice muffins yesterday, if I do say so. Had no buttermilk, swapped it in some yogurt, worked really well. There's a but if I broke an egg, if it dropped, my my normal baseline emotional response might be a little annoyed that I dropped it. Now that baseline for all of us has been raised a few degrees because of the constant alertness our mind has shifted into at the new norm as as we are seeing it so if i drop my egg now i might get a lot more annoyed or frustrated or upset now if i don't have my self-awareness raised as well to say it's okay take those deep breaths this egg is bothering me more because there's a lot of crap going on right now then it might just add and snowball even more for me so it's that i guess it's that acceptance then that there will be things that undoubtedly will affect us you know the small things that may have gone unnoticed that 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 may affect us a little bit more and we maybe you should be a little kinder to ourselves if we do find ourselves responding in a more um in a really impulsive way and then we think oh i shouldn't have done that or i should just being a little bit kinder to ourselves at the moment the phrase i use is self-compassion um, when I ask a lot of people about self-compassion, they're like, oh, love yourself, etc." And I said, you know what, there can be, there's science behind self-compassion. A human brain is going to think and going to feel anyway, whether I wanted to or not. So if I tell your listeners, do not think about Mickey Mouse, do not think about him, it doesn't matter. So we will. So when I drop that egg and get upset, it's happened. My, I've been upset. If, like you're saying, if I attack myself for it, then I'm actually doubling that effect on mm-hmm. myself. I'm, I'm in charge of that part then. I wasn't in charge, like the egg falling. It, I'll bring in this. There's an, a great old image I love from mindfulness. It's uh, called the two arrows. And they talk about the first arrow that hits us is the painful event. So I'll lightheartedly use the egg uh, image. So the egg breaking is the first arrow. I'm not happy it's broken. Now, the second arrow is if I attack myself for the egg breaking. Can't believe I did it. I'm so stupid. I I, I don't want to go back out to the shops. There's a lot going on. These eggs are really rare now. Oh, my gosh. You know, now all that extra attack is the second arrow causing double the pain. But I'm firing. I'm firing those arrows to be aware and bring in self-compassion to just be accepting of the first arrow so i'm not trying to ignore the pain or say oh i'm happy i broke the egg i'm not so i accept with that pain and 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 discomfort Uh, i don't like it but it's still there and so our self-talk will determine whether that second arrow is shot or not the things we tell ourselves yes 100%. 100%. So I used to get some clients coming back into me saying, oh, I second arrow did it all day yesterday. You know, they were really aware Brilliant. to go if their inner chat was being helpful or not. You know, yeah. was, their, was their inner chat uh, benefiting them or not? I try to stay away. And I think we talked about the last time, the judgmental words, good, mm-hmm. bad, right, wrong, um, which is a little controversial because that's everywhere. You know, am I, am I good? Am I bad? Am I right? Am I wrong? They're judgmental terms. And judgmental terms um, are exactly that. They're subjective, personal terms. What I think is good, you might not agree. And you're right, and I'm right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we have a debate, but I'm right if I believe something is bad, and you're right if you believe something is good. Yeah. Because our beliefs are, are subjective and personal. See, now you always manage to lead me into something that I wanted to talk about, because fixed beliefs can how much do our fixed beliefs influence how we're managing with COVID-19? The only way we respond to any external and internal trigger is with our self-beliefs. So a belief may not be a fact or it may be a fact too. So if I believe a chair is a chair, it's still a belief, but it's also a fact. I can believe it's a fish, but factually it's not. So I can believe I am an idiot for dropping an egg. Is it a fact or not? 
That's the important part. If I have a belief my whole life because I've learned that from a young age that any mistake means it's bad and wrong or it, it has a personal you know, uh, take on myself, then I drop that egg. I'm going to really attack myself. And mm-hmm. um, if I can, you use the word fixed belief. I like to know, and it's my line of work, that these beliefs, thankfully, might not be super fixed. We can, and it's not about deleting, it's about bringing in new programming. I use the word programming because in, uh, I wrote a paper on our organic uh, supercomputer brain. You know, um, it's a supercomputer, it's been self programming since we were born, and that's where our beliefs get created. Now, I work with people with, let's say, health anxiety. So their belief that, you know, a bit of dirt is wrong or dangerous, etc. When COVID-19 comes along, you know, that can have some extra triggering for them because of their beliefs. And, you know, this is definitely a sidebar, but our beliefs on racism Mm -hmm. could be really blown up now too because of people where people talk about where Mm -hmm. it originated from and things like that. And, And that's beliefs. Beliefs on if... People are different because they're from different uh, countries or different religions, etc. That's a belief, you know. And, and do I, does it help me or benefit me to, to think these this way? And th- that that's a question. I, that's kind of a comment I said earlier too. It's why I kind of uh, segue to good and bad, right, wrong. I ask myself and my clients: Is it helping you or not? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it benefiting you or not? I don't say, "Hey, is that good or is that right or wrong." But our our beliefs will be different. So a fixed belief around how COVID-19 will be affecting me and my psyche, yeah, that definitely will will have that effect. But gosh, there's just so many layers. Yeah, yeah. So Ken, what would you say um, would be normal responses to the situation that we're we're finding ourselves in now now i know that there's no kind of blueprint for this because it's new for everybody but there you know i've found that in conversations with people over the last few weeks and it could be through eap or some of the clients that we work with with organizations um or or whatever uh, you know outside of my family inside of my family what what would you consider to be a reasonable psychological response to this it, you know, I know the word this is for COVID-19, but as at the same time, COVID-19 is a virus. So there's a lot more from that. You know, what are we responding to from that? You know, so is it the social isolation? Is it the don't go near your community mm-hmm. physically? Is it, you know, I see one post about toilet paper, so then I click into my caveman and I don't care about my community. I just want that final six pack of toilet paper (laughs) because now Maslow's hierarchy of needs, my survival is mine and my family. Hey, community that I was just friends with last week, you know? So it's, um, if I can, it's hard to put a one response to a virus. It all depends on, you know, it's like an interesting tree, you know, or a crack in the ice where the first crack is, the virus spreading. Now each crack connects to all the different avenues of, of our life. I think what's important is what we talked about a little just a few moments ago is our emotional response is now higher. Mm-hmm. So we will be responding at a heavier rate to what we normally have seen as a normal situation or, or a, the egg break, um, some, a, a baby crying. Um, someone beeping at us when we're driving somewhere, mm. you know, the, a normal response now is being even more triggered by these events. I think, uh, yeah. There's been some suggestion that, um, we can liken, we may liken our response to, um, the pandemic to a grief response. What, what do you take on that? Um, oh, bereavement, loss and grief. Mm. Uh, there's a cycle out there, but it's it's a weird cycle. It jumps all over the place. Mm. Uh, well, once again, I think it's going to be come down to the individual. Yeah. Because, oh, have we, do we, do we believe, so that's the worst, our word belief, has, have, do we believe we have lost something? Mm. So 
if I was going out with a large social group and gathering each week and I identified that as a part of me, then I was told, don't do that. Then I might feel a loss of that meeting. So then I'd go through those stages, which is you know, like the angry mm-hmm. barter system. Oh, I'll just meet them once a week instead of twice a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But however, you know, for anyone that's worked in working with loss, the most advantageous um, section of the loss wheel is acceptance. Mm-hmm. And like earlier, we said, and accepting, I'm feeling crap about that. Mm. Uh, accepting, I feel sad about that. Accepting, I feel angry about it. Yeah. But then what will I do about it? Yes. So we're accepting the emotions and thoughts that are triggered by it. Then we take our breath. We sit with our cup of tea and say, now, what do I have control and choice over with the next step? Yeah. Fantastic. Why um, do you think sometimes, Ken, people get so angry You know, anger is um, one of the stages of grief. I mean, whether it's linked to that or not, who knows, or loss. Um, But there's been an awful lot of of angry kind of social media um, posts and comments in particular industries or particular individuals. Why do do people get so angry? Is it the loss of control or or the fear? There's there's a great image I use sometimes around anger. it's a picture of an iceberg where the 10% on show is the anger and the 90% below the surface hidden mm. are all these other emotions and thoughts, lack of control, yeah, fear, sadness, feeling that something's been taken away from us. And us, us lovely men are the ones that can jump to that 10% quicker. Mm. So that's why men can, you know, I'm a man in, 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 you know, the masculinity of today is, you know, the man shouldn't show the other emotions anyway. So instead I've got, I'm angry. A man can be angry. That's okay. Mm. So I think a lot of the anger out there is due to, like you said, the, 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 and the loss and the lack of control. And yeah. so it's been taken away from us. However, there's a reason behind. Um, there isn't a government out there that has made an easy decision. Mm. I don't want to be, in their shoes, you know, um, I don't want to make a decision then go and tell millions of people, don't go visit your grandparents. Yeah. You know? We, because we then feel that lack of control and we build up that energy inside and that emotional energy, we think I'm going to direct it at something. Now. Mm. So me personally, look, you know, I've been years of mindfulness, years of therapy, years of this and that. And I still get annoyed in the car. <laughs> That's my little weakness. Someone cuts me off, and I can I can get myself down to baseline real quick. Yeah. But I know it's because I believe there's that word that this person thinks they can do what they want, cutting in front of me, I'll cheek of them, and they're you know fast cars zipping in front of me, and you know I unfortunately have the. Uh, the pain of being really self-aware and I know where it all bloody comes from. <laughs> it's not a gift, actually, <laughs> especially for my family and friends. Well, I'll let me tell you why I'm angry. No, you don't want to know. Um, but my awareness helps me bring it back down. Yeah, so you keep coming back to that and I love that. So um, there are people that that won't understand what self-awareness is. So mm-hmm. could, you, could you maybe explain that? Um, so that people can understand what you mean by self-awareness and how that can help. Yeah, so um, there's going to be two categories to be self-aware of our cognitions, our thinking, and our emotions, our feelings. And it's very important to know the difference too. So a few clients over the years, I'd ask them, how are they feeling? And they'd say something like, oh, I feel like no one likes me. Well, that's actually not a feeling. That's a thought. So when you think no one likes you, how do you feel? Well, actually, I feel sad. So they weren't aware of the emotion. They were very in their head as opposed to being connected with the emotion and the, and the cognition. So they were really focused on just to think, 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 think. The awareness is to be able to take a breath and say, okay, what's going on inside me right now? You've got billions of neurons in your big computer brain. It's always thinking. There's always something to be aware of. 
That's why I bring a lot of therapeutic mindfulness into my work uh, personally, professionally, my clients, anyone that will listen and uh, say, you know, to be able to take those three deep breaths, close your eyes and just open your awareness. And the brain will say things like, oh, this is stupid. Oh, now I'm aware. I'm thinking that this is silly. You know, how do I feel about that? Oh, I feel a bit silly. And oh, what if someone sees me doing mindfulness? Oh, okay. Well, I feel a little vulnerable because I think what if someone does believe I'm being silly and, and believing in mindfulness and stuff? That's all of that can help raise our awareness. With all training, brain training, you start easy, you know? So um, put on a TV show. How do I feel about the show? The Tiger King or whatever I think is. Oh, this, yeah, I haven't seen right it yet. Now. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet, but I'm with you. one episode. I, I stay away from some of that because, as I said earlier, the, 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 the terrible gift I have is then, you know, reading into every single character going, well, that's me because of this and this and this. <laughs> so anyway, so to any show you're watching at the ad break or pause it halfway and go, how do I feel about that? Oh, I feel a little happy because I enjoy watching that main character. Okay, cool. That's three seconds. Don't move on. Um, oh, I just had a you know a cup of coffee. How do I feel? There's another couple of categories as well as thinking and feeling emotionally. We to be aware of our physiological responses too is very important. Um, it's like any client I have with anxiety, I say, how much coffee do you have? Because you're putting in caffeine, which triggers similar symptoms to anxiety. So keep an eye on the physiological uh, symptoms too. So just had a coffee, how do I feel? Oh, well, actually, I, I notice physically I'm a little more jittery. Okay. I feel a happiness because I'm thinking, wow, it's nice to have a nice morning coffee. Uh, you know, little 30-second moments like that, 10-second moments like that, mm. start building a tool and mm. a coping mechanism so that when Scott Morrison comes on and gives an, the next stage and next step of what he would like the Australian citizens to do, we can say, okay, how am I with that? Mm. I feel angry. Okay, why, Brian? What, 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 why angry? It's a, it's a man talking. Why do I have an angry response? Because the thing is, you get two people in a room watching the same government uh, you know, uh, video. One will feel angry. One will feel maybe happy. Mm. Same video, two different emotional responses. That yeah. proves it's because of two different ways of thinking about it. So to bring awareness to say, why does that irk me? Why does that annoy me? Well, I actually think I can do what I want. So if he tells me not to go to the park, you know, that's terrible. Okay, well, hold on, brain. It's different now. There's a new norm. It's not that the government is just all of a sudden sick of parks. Mm -hmm. They believe due to input from medical experts that everyone meeting there can help spread something that we don't want to spread because that will affect us medically and financially. Mm -hmm. So in, you know, in, when we all get through this, do we want to get through it and be very happy that we did all this tough work or in a year's time go, geez, we don't, we still aren't out of this. Mm. And what contribution did I possibly make to that? Yeah. What about can people that, are, that are experiencing anxiety at the moment, either for the first time um, or with much more intensity than they are familiar with or have experienced anxiety in the past and it's re-emerged. Sometimes when people experience anxiety, they say, I don't like to focus on how I feel and the things I think about because then I tell myself, well, the reason you're anxious is because of this and this is going to happen. It's going to be, and, it, and it spirals us. What, what would your recommendation and suggestions be around that way of thinking? The tough part about anxiety is there's several types of anxiety. Um, interestingly enough, when the information and the social distancing began around COVID-19, I was working with three different uh, clients that had health anxiety. Mm. So let's go back four months. They would have worried about any piece of dirt. Well, but what could be wrong with that piece of dirt? Uh, there could be a really bad germ on it. 
okay, well, what can it do? And et cetera, et cetera. Interestingly enough, their health anxiety hasn't raised. It's actually gone down a little because they have the, they have a face to put on the fear. Yeah. And everybody's experiencing the same kind of health anxiety that they've been experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is they can put it. So one young guy I was working with, he said, but I, yes, even though my brain will say, Oh, watch out. There's a bit of dirt there. I can consciously, and this is the work we do a lot with CBT, et cetera. Mm. Okay. What's the worst that can happen? Well, if it is COVID-19, I'm, a teenager, I am not in the danger zone. And even if I am, and even if I did, I can get through that too. Mm. And there's plans in place to help me. Oh, they're actually putting, because they can put facts around that worry mm. for those people. It's actually interestingly enough, and I wouldn't have predicted this. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing okay. Mm. Um, earlier on, I brought in quickly about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, we, we, we say that when our, survival is sorted then we worry about everything else mm-hmm. so that's why there could be a bit more anxiety now you know what the what ifs mm-hmm. um and you mentioned you know we don't want to some people don't like going into it in case it triggers more and more um unfortunately that's moving away from the acceptance we talked mm-hmm. about earlier we're not accepting i'm feeling worried right now the biggest tips around anxiety you got to externalize it when we internalize our anxiety the physiologically our brain only lights up the memory and creation sections of the brain that means i'm creating the what ifs Mm. the what what if is the worst question for anxiety isn't it what if no one likes me what if i die from this what if this happens what you know and so we 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 got to dive into that Mm. yeah and and say okay what what if i lose my job Mm -hmm. i'll have no money well, no, the, you know, the government's put some in place and I've got some savings and, you know, well, so what, what even if you do have no money, what if you lose all that money? Well, well, I'll be homeless. But you have your mortgage and the government's put something in place to help with that. Well, even if you do, what happens? Oh, no one will like me. I'm homeless. Okay. But you talked about people that did like you and you have close friends and family. Yeah. When we just simply sit, with the initial what if and the worry, that's when it can spiral with the creation part of the brain instead of being able to dive into it and say, what is the worst that can happen? Mm. I suggest my clients do dive into it. Mm. A lot of the CBT work my client in front of me, sounds weird, but I want them anxious in front of me in the therapeutic room so I can get the most real and raw work with them. Mm. They don't come in and do deep breathing the whole hour. What's the point? Yeah, yeah it won't. They, they can pay themselves for breathing. Um, or, or go, you know, but here it's about being able to sit there and say, yeah, this, this is where my brain goes. Well, that's okay. Your brain goes there. It goes there because of some base core beliefs that have uh, grown there over the years, but let's bring in new programming. Like I talked about earlier, sit with it, take that deep breath and say, I know I'm worried because A, B, and C, Mm -hmm. what is the likelihood? What is the percentage that A, B, and C will happen? kind of low let's take those odds let's take those odds and even if they happen then what it, it's called a downward arrow technique we use in therapy so many times people sit it our brain jumps from a to b that's uh, more like a to z in a heartbeat if this happens then then i'm dead mm. or i've lost everything mm. and it the brain works with automatic thoughts like that so it jumps from A to Z in a heartbeat. Our job is to break it down. No, first we go to B, then C, then D. And once we have all the letters written up on the board and they look at it and I say, what is the chances all this is going to happen, mate? They go, yeah, pretty small. Yeah. I don't um, know well, everything's going to be okay. I'm, no. I need them to get to them. Yeah. Um, and even if these things do happen or one of these things happen, you know, will I cope? How will I cope? Mm. And a lot of people that do come to me, they've been going through a lot for a long time. Mm. So I'm able to say, haven't you been coping already? Yeah. They have been. People with, let's say, a panic disorder, they fear panic. So if they, because usually because they've had a massive panic attack in the past and the brain says, this is horrible. Mm. So watch out for any symptoms of same. And 
we say, but hey, haven't you had a few panic attacks yet? So even if you were to have one, would you get through it? Yeah. Sure, you won't like it, but mm. that's the acceptance of that. Sometimes there are horrible, crappy things that happen. Mm. There, there's, there is, no matter what Instagram and Facebook tells us, there's no one happy the whole time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. There's no perfect families. There's no perfect. No, there bloody isn't. There's no perfect relationship. There's none. None of them. None of them. And if there is a perfect-looking family with a nice picket fence and all that, they've got bodies in the basement. All right. I mean, they're <laughs> hiding something so bad. <laughs> it's not. It's not real. No. So, Ken, isolation, yes. um, for want of a better word. Um, so currently there's a lot of us that are working remotely from home, uh, maybe just with our own members of our own family or on our own yeah. um, if we live alone. How may that affect us psychologically? And I understand, I, 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 I understood your um, explanation of the different facets of our life, but why do we fear this isolation or why do we not like this concept of being on our own? One term will answer that evolutionary psychology we discovered a long time ago that we are terrible animals and we work better in a tribe we work better in a group i have no armor my teeth break they don't grow back my claws are terrible probably because i bite them too but they're terrible so we discovered a long time ago if i wanted to survive which is a driving instinct in all animal life i should i need to get together with a tribe then once I'm in, in that tribe, you know, will I join, will two tribes join together or are they the evil rivals? Hence, Ireland and England, New Zealand and, <laughs> New Zealand and Australia, America and Canada, you know, there's tribes. The, uh, the, the New South Wales and Queensland rugby teams, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's tribal rivals. So here I am with a nice unconscious instinct that's the big thing too. A lot of our instincts are driving us at the moment. And unless we raise a self-awareness, we won't realize it's happening. So an instinct is I need to be with my tribe, be that community, family, friends. Then someone says, don't do that. Mm. Whew, my instinct says something's wrong. Something's wrong. That's not right. Maybe that turns into anger. Then don't tell me who not to be around. Maybe that turns into sadness and loss. I'm missing them, mm. but there's an instinct there saying I'm safer with a tribe. Then someone says, don't be in that tribe. The instinct goes, that's not safe. Mm. However, that authority is saying, no, it's safer to be alone. Uh, uh, it doesn't commute. It doesn't com compute. It doesn't compute in the brain, you know? Yeah. So we've got our consciousness fighting a little with the instinct. That will, that will cause issues in our psyche. Um, which I, I, brings I, us back to self-awareness again then to, yeah. to you know why am I feeling like this well it makes sense because well I'm not built to be on my own as a as a human being I'm actually not on my own I've got people around me if I have family or I've got the opportunity to connect with people virtually so that I can feel that and and you know and this is an ideal way we, we're recording this episode on zoom so I can see Ken Ken can see me so we can pick up on each other's cues um, and so questioning how I feel to raise my self-awareness and then an opportunity to practice some self-compassion around this is a temporary situation. Um, I, there are things that I can do to feel connected to people um, and I'm going to be kind to myself while I experience these uncomfortable feelings around the situation that I'm in. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what you're talking about there is that self-awareness with our instinct. Um, sometimes uh, one of the workshops I gave online is I draw a big massive circle on the whiteboard, a little tiny circle and an arrow coming from the big one to the little one. The big one is our big brain. 20 million years of evolution, it really knows well what it's doing. If you wanna know really how big our brain is, just ask any lady who's given birth. Uh, <laughs> it grew too big, bloody big, you know? Um, and that's why we actually have a lot more psychological issues now because we overthink so much. That if it was just our smaller little, you know, uh, primitive primate brain, we'd actually be dealing with it a lot easier. Um, the little circle is our consciousness. And a lot of signal comes from the brain to the consciousness, and we misinterpret the signals. 
So the self-awareness helps interpret the signals better, clears up the signal. So we are able to say, hey, I'm, I am worried a little today because I'm usually at my group tonight. Mm. I'm, usually at my, uh, I'm usually at my friends every second Tuesday. I'm not there today. That's why I'm a little on edge tonight. It's not, there's nothing wrong with me. It's uh, normal, the new norm. I love the way you see, I, th- this is why I wanted you to do this because you just have such a great way of, of, of explaining, um, you know, for, for somebody to understand, um, you know, how to make sense of these kinds of things. You, you, your explanation is so good. Thank you. It's because I hate all the academic world. <laughs> so I, yeah, I the formality of it. Years and years and years of all these bloody books with all the bloody big words. I suck it all in and I regurgitate it so it makes sense to me. Yeah. It is, and to be honest, that's one of the feedbacks I get from all my workshops is, I get it. Yeah, it's lovely stuff. Like, well, I had to get it first. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And pass it on. That's psychoeducation is the healthy, the biggest tool in mental health. Agreed. Tell them what's going on in our giant, super organic computer brain. Yeah. Fastest processing computer on the planet. We, we doesn't, nothing else gets close to it right now. And it just needs a power of a light bulb to work. Yeah. That's squishy brain. Do you know, it's amazing. And just take the mystery away. Take the mystery away. It doesn't need to be mysterious. These are things, these are, um, this is knowledge that we can acquire. Real things are happening. Yeah. Um, Our brain is dealing with it and it is adapting. Our consciousness is going, hold on a minute. The internet told me this. Yeah. And the internet told me that. Taking some deep breaths, back from the opinions and focus on the facts. So, which leads me to, uh, I've just got a couple more things I want to cover and I am always aware of time. I always go over time, but I'm not going to do that. So a couple of things. One is the sensationalizing in the media, Ken, around this whole, everybody's going to have a mental illness at the end of this, which really grinds my gears, the power of suggestion um, and the power that the media can have and that people are um, are now not only fearful that you know of all the threats that are around us with COVID nineteen threats of contagion, threats of financial difficulty, threats of losing my job, threats of losing my identity through my job, threats of damaging my relationships because I'm angry when an egg falls on the floor. You know what? What is your take on whether the media is sensationalising this um, too much? And do you really think yourself, and I, I don't, you know, and it's all right to disagree, that there is going to be this awful mental illness pandemic after we move through the, 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 um, the medical um, effects of COVID-19? Look, to be honest with you, around three and a half years ago when I moved to Australia from Ireland, I realised that there was a big difference in Australian media. It did seem already back then bit more dramatized catastrophized mm. um so this stuff coming along has kind of you know um just upped their game mm. um you know the the world health organization was already concerned about depression and anxiety being quite an issue several years ago mm-hmm. i think a, a large part of it is because we have moved away from uh realizing where these um animals can uh, holding on to these amazing brains and a lot of instinct is triggering and we're not we're not accepting them or working with them what we're going through is a type of trauma and people get through trauma our brains are amazing at getting through everything we gotta raise our awareness and raise our acceptance of going i i don't like it but i can do it that's it we have a myth that we have to like everything or be happy with everything or, but crap things happen all the time. Um, not just to me. That's a, I hear the lie. Why me? That is a massive question I hear, especially with my clients for, let's say depression. Why me? So, well, this sounds a bit weird, but it's, it happened. Let's work with it. Um, uh, we, we might've mentioned there's kind of two things going on now, you know, the, the, the health issue and the financial issue. And, individual or both can affect can affect some humans can we get through it yes will we feel an extra um, sadness 
in a year's time because maybe we've lost some savings. Yeah, sure. But maybe we invested in some weird new boat and we lost that too. I mean, it, it, it might not just be the evil, I'm doing rabbit ears on, on my video here, uh, evil pandemic. Look, something, something ha- is happening in the world that no one is enjoying right now. We've, as we mentioned earlier, a bit of a summary, I guess, we've all, all our psyches have moved into another a level of alertness now. We're really aware that we're not liking it and that's normal and okay. Will there be loads of mental health issues at the end? Oh, holy crap, there's always something happening, mm-hmm. you know. And, and for the individual that was going through a lot of issues before this came, before COVID-19 came along, they're still going through that. And when they come at the other end of the COVID-19, a lot of those things might be still happening for them. There was a bit of an image I gave a while ago and I said, I said, it's like, this is, it's, I don't know, it works in my head. Let's say life is like running a beach obstacle course. Okay. Some of the obstacles are tougher than others, but there's obstacles ahead of us. COVID-19 is the tide come in a little. So we're still running the same obstacle course, but now our feet are soaking wet. Right. And when we go through this, the tide will go out and we just got to wait for the feet to dry off. And we're going to still be going that same race, same obstacles. You it know. works outside your head as well. That makes sense. Right. So you're, 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 st- you're still going to go through it. Yeah. Is it crap jumping the same hurdle with soaking feet? Yes. Can I get through it? Yes. Because you've done it before. Has anyone dealt with this before? No. That's why I've shared with so many of my parents. It's okay, parents, you don't know what you're doing right now. Yeah. Hey, everyone, it's okay to not know what you're doing right now because no one else really does. Yeah, that's right. That's why the government keeps giving us different things at different times because they don't know what they're doing either, but they're, they're really trying. Yeah. You know, I heard in Queensland, zero new cases this week. Do you know what I mean? It's working. Mm-hmm. For the people giving out about the police parking extra places or this or that and the other, holy crap, it's a great time to put up your hand and say, what can I do to help my community on the wider scale? As it, it, Connect externally with that tribe. It will help you psychologically. Mm-hmm. When we get through this, bring that self-awareness with you and categorize and, 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 and be able to um, compartmentalize and put all those things in little boxes to say, okay, lost my savings because of that. Okay. Lost my job because of that. Okay. That's in that box. Um, able to meet up with my friends again. That's an amazing box. I'll put that there. Able to look for another job now and actually go to face-to-face interviews. Great. Able to do that. Being in a country that had the financial background to help as it is helping. That is a, a, that's amazing. Mm. Do you know, I think we're still missing out that Australia is a very lucky country to be in during this time. Um. We, we, you know, we, we, we've mentioned before, I mean, is, is there a bit of fear mongering in the media? Um, look, and, and me and you talked off camera earlier that a four-year-old cries out at night, oh, the monster in the closet. What do we, what do the parents do? They open the closet to show there's nothing there. If, an, if a newspaper was the parent, they go in and say, hey, I don't know if there's something in there or not. Do you want to buy the paper first to find out? Do you know? I'll open the door a little. I'll, op- I'll open just one door of the closet and I'll leave that with you. But, but there still might be something behind the other door. Well, you got to come back next week for the next supplement and uh, find okay. out then. Or do you want to read about the monsters in the closet in your, in, in your neighbor's bedroom? And, and, and oh, that's, that's even a worse monster. Do you know, and there's this, this weird thing happening that is still stimulating our fear. And um, the more we pull back from some of the general opinions is really going to help us. And when we get through it, as I said before, the self-awareness to say, look, I've done this, I've gotten through it. Now, where do I go? You know, how am I feeling now? What am I thinking? Have any of my beliefs shifted a little? Mm. Are there new beliefs there? Am I more worried now? Um, uh, you know, do I wash my hands even more now? Well, that's good. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's quite an interesting thing. 
how do we not spread this? Wash your hands more. <laughs> uh, it shouldn't have been an issue in the first place, but uh, it seems exactly. that we, we were a culture of sneezing on each other and washing your hands. So, you know, I know it's been serious in that. Um, however, you know, it could help drop flu seasons. Exactly, yeah. You know, we know what to, we, we've had a hard slap of reality of how viruses can, can, can transfer. You know, how do we keep an eye on that then? You know, let's not just rely on a jab in the middle of April. Let's also rely on my choices and what I choose to do each day. Yeah. And that's going to be for our mental health as well, I believe. Very well said. Um, my final question, Ken, um, and I did, don't know if you could hear the dog having a little tiny mini woof in the background then because somebody had a delivery across the road. He had a little, little bark. Um, but... How often people want to know uh, or pick up ideas and tips on, well, when I get find myself spiraling into worrying and being anxious about what, what ifs, and so self-awareness, the number one um, tip there, what other things can people do, do you think, in the moment to break the cycle of anxious thoughts? Um, there's a step before that, I believe. Start building these skill sets before the big one happens. So, yeah. uh, you're, you know, you're doing a Zoom thing and your dog barks and maybe it annoys you a little. That's a great time. Oh, it was a cute bark, though. But, you know, <laughs> for someone else. Yeah, no, no, no I'll get you. Yeah. It's a great moment for that person to say, I'm a little annoyed. What will I do? You know what? I'll give the puppy a cuddle. That, that's my go-to. Yeah. Or my go-to is three deep diaphragm breaths through the stomach. Or my go-to is putting on certain music that I have ready on my phone or, or computer ready to play. Yeah. Set up your emotional toolbox now yeah. with the little go-tos, top three, top five that you know will ground you. Fabulous. Enjoy. Do that now. Then when the brain goes, I'm tired, haven't been out for my exercise. I've been eating crap junk food and comfort food. That means physiologically I'm a bit more vulnerable emotionally too. Mm-hmm. Then when then something starts spiraling, I'm able to go, hold on a minute. I've got my go-tos now. Now I'll take my three deep breaths or press play in the music or give the dog a cuddle or do this or do, you know. Brilliant. Set them up now. Have them ready to go. Um you know, the army trains all the time in case they're needed. They don't just mm-hmm. wait, you know, set up your tools, train all the time, bring in self-compassion over the little things like a broken egg, bring in self-awareness over little things like, why do you hate that TV show? Why does that TV show bring up a feeling of sadness? Things like that. Use, bring, raise your skill set then so that when bigger things come along, you're ready. Yeah. Ken, you're bloody good at this. i'm glad i picked the right job (laughs) (laughs) no doubt about it that honestly i know i've got in mind people that um i've talked to over the last few weeks that will find all of that so helpful good good yeah really really helpful um so ken just to wrap up um you rely on donations don't you for the sunlight center as you're a charity we do we're an independent registered charity so we don't take any large um, government funding or anything because, um, to be honest, it keeps us free to make sure we do what we need to do to see anybody that can reach us. Yeah. Now, um, we're making a donation to, uh, to the Sunlight Centre to thank Ken for his really valuable time. So if anyone else, Ken, would like to make a donation, how do they do that? Straight through either our website, sunlightcentre.com.au through the Facebook page. It's probably linked through our Instagram too. Anything can be found with at Sunlight Center. That's our handles for um, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, there's uh, PayPal clicks there for donating. If anyone would like a uh, deductible, giftable receipt, a DGR receipt for, their, for the financial year, they can email us for a receipt. Uh, or if they you know, want to be more active, there's actually a lot of people doing really cool online fundraisers right now we all our fundraisers have been cancelled so far mm-hmm. so we were feeling that to be honest um 
And a lot of other places that might have given grants, et cetera, they pull back on their grants because they want to make sure they're keeping themselves safe, which I understand. Um, but uh, yeah, so but anything like that will help. It's like people, you know, push up challenges, sit up challenges, um, whatever we can do while we're in our home, challenges. And you we type could friends. do a, he- a challenge of um, how high can you drop an egg without breaking? <laughs> <laughs> well, they used to do that thing, I think, in some schools, they, they build a little shell thing. Exactly. But uh, <laughs> uh, sure, well, you can get that sponsored by a local uh, hen house. Um, Brilliant. Sometimes people um, enjoy the connection of knowing they're not alone. So, yeah. you know, some things we've talked about before is little hashtags of what's that one thing? What's that one thing that's in your toolbox that helps you? You know, so maybe people can start uh, getting little things out like that or, you know, so so many ideas. And if you have any, just, just find us and message us and you'll chat to me and, yeah. Yeah, great. And if anyone is um, in crisis or distressed, that those contact details are the same. They are. Yes. So, uh, 1300 259 uh, Web emails, info at au. We're not a crisis. We're not at the other end of the phone the whole time. That's triple zero and lifeline. Yeah. But we are there to set up counseling sessions, always free. Any client will never pay anything with us never charge them ever, um, but they can have that, you know, one hour of, of solid counseling with the same counselor and same therapist, build up that, re, you know, therapeutic re, uh, relationship, mm-hmm. which is so important in, in every form of therapy and work, get them through their journey together with someone into more of a, out of the crisis. Thank you so much, Ken, for sparing the time. Um, I knew you'd have um, a really solid kind of down to earth viewpoint, which is what we were looking for. So we really appreciate your time. Um, and um, thank you for the work that you do as well with the sunlight center. Maybe we'll get you back on for a third episode when this is all over and we talk about our reemergence. <laughs> yeah. And our brain is still being a brain. Yeah. Still feeling, still thinking. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you, See you. Bye bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au.